You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Dali, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to save in unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self-care, and of course her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to the Dali Talks podcast. I have another wonderful guest for you, Dorothy O'Dell, who is the unstoppable overcomer. She is amazing. And let me tell you, I've had some conversations, you know, behind the scenes that I thought, wow, this is an incredible woman and we need to have this discussion. So this is a completely new topic for the Dali Talks podcast. This is about parenting stepchildren. Uh, And we're going to have a series of conversations related to um, divorce and blended families. So I hope that you look forward to that. But for now, we're going to start and kick it off with Dorothy. So Dorothy, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Deli, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a pleasure getting to know you. And I'm doing well. It's been a week, but, you know, God's good and we'll get through it. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I will have you in mind mind the next few days because of what you just shared behind the scenes. But y'all just know that she's had a heck of a week. And so I'm very grateful that you're making time to be here and you have a smile on your face, which is incredible. If y'all knew, you'd be like, wow, how is she, how is she doing this? But, um, your, uh, strong, positive mindset is what's helping you. And, and, uh, it's very admirable. So let's get into it though. Let's tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. How did you grow up? Give us an idea. And, you know, take us into that story of how you became the parent of your husband's children. Sure. Well, I'm Dorothy O'Dell. I'm from Windsor, Ontario, and I grew up in a very much loving home. However, I had parents that were chronically ill. And a lot of the times, like, I didn't know from one day to the next, which parent was going to be good and which one wasn't. My mom went undiagnosed with angina and lupus for 20 years, and my dad had his first stroke at 30. you know, I grew up being bullied all through school. I had really low self-esteem. And the first guy that said, I loved you, I believed him. Because why not, right? Uh, which led to four years in, a, in an abusive relationship, mentally and verbally, that I finally escaped out of uh, four years later. And um, through that, I my uncle actually also took his life on Christmas Day as well. So a lot of chaos in my family, a lot of ups and downs. But the one thing in our family was there was always love, right? It, we might have even been upset with each other at some points, but there was always love in our family. And there was always like we've always gone to bat for each other. So um you know, with that, after I, I left my abusive relationship, I, I took a, a quite a few years on a healing journey to find me uh, and get my self-esteem back to where it should be. Uh, and then I met my husband on online dating site. And uh, after three years, no, sorry, not three years after, after, yeah, well, I guess after three years, then we got married and we've been together for six and a half years and married for four years this October. Uh, and he has uh, an amazing 11 year old now um his son was i think five five years old when me when i first met him and it's been a journey of ups and downs for sure (laughs) um you know um this relationship was not my first time i was a step parent um my the abusive relationship he had a son as well and uh i it's not easy let's just put it that way (laughs) I can imagine because I've seen a lot of different situations um, and I I admire parents that love somebody so much that they're willing to also love their child, even when that child is very resistant to accepting them, because that's got to be hard for kids, right? They don't understand why their biological mom and dad are not together. And then here comes a new person. And then they might have all sorts of thoughts like, oh, is this my new parent? What do I call them? Am I betraying my other parent if I like them or if I get along with them or if I call them mom or dad or whatever they choose? So so what were um, some indications 
that you see now that you did not see then of like how that relationship was going to, you know, like surprise you with challenges in life? <laughs> Good question. Um, the funny thing is, like I said, I, I, been in past relationships. So I, I kind of expected, like, I never, ever wanted to, um, the role of no, I'm your mom. That was never, that was never an option. And my brother was, um, actually divorced and I seen how his divorce went with his ex-wife. And I promised myself that I would, if I had ever been in a relationship, um, where, the guy had a child, I would always make sure that I would do everything in my power to make sure that I would not step on the mother's toes and that I would always, um, you know, I didn't want any animosity between the, like my husband and the ex-wife. So I think, I guess in one way, thank goodness that I was, you know, there by my brother and helping him through his divorce. And uh, when I met Joe, it was, it was okay. And I know there was a lot of animosity at the beginning with his ex-wife and him. And, uh, you know, whenever he would kind of say something, I'm like, well, you loved her at one point, you know, and I would shut the conversation down. I was, I was just like, you know, that's, he is the mother of your son. So, you know, let's just keep it, keep it clean here. And, um, you know, I, I really tried to make it, um, I, and I, like I said, I never, I, I tried never to overstep because, and I was always cognizant of that. And the first two years were rough, like absolutely rough. The, between my husband and, or my boyfriend at the time and his ex-wife, it, it, it was real, there was a lot going on. Um, he had left in December and I had met him in the March of the following year. So I actually thought that there was more time until, you know, starting to get to know him and, and things like that. And our relationship, we met, it was just like, we fell in love. I said, I had asked my mom actually, cause I was 40 years old when I met my husband. And I said, how do you know that, you, that they're the one? And my mom goes, you know, and I said, that's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, the first time I met my husband, Sure enough, I was just like, oh, I love this guy, right? And I had been in prior relationships and knew that that was the thing back then, right? <laughs> um, and so, but I kept it to myself because, you know, being hurt before, I wasn't going to go down this road. And I actually said to him, I'm like, when I found out that it had only been separated for a little while, I'm just like, oh, no, like, back up the brakes here because I don't want to be a rebound thing. Uh, and he actually got mad at me. He goes, no, I love you. Like, I really, I want to be with you. And he said, I love you first. So uh, the first time I met his son, he told me off, which was something that I had to bite my tongue so bad. I come from a family where kids would be seen and not heard. You know, if you're if you said your parents said no the first time, that was it. You don't ask a second time. You respected your elders, right? Like it was toe the line or else, right? So to have this little boy tell me off the first time I met him, I was just like, oh my, like get me out of here. <laughs> we were driving to a place called Colasantes and they had, um, they had, uh, it's a place that has mini golf and a whole bunch of different things, tropical plants and, and things like that. And I was so nervous. And we were at the, uh, at the park in Kingsville. And I, Joe says, well, how do I get to Colasantes? I said, just give me the keys to the truck. I'll just drive. Because I felt that way I had a little bit of control. Didn't know that that was a huge problem with the little man. And uh, the car- truck in front of me had blacked out, like, uh, blacked out light, uh, lights. So I couldn't see that he was putting stopping while almost rammed into the back end of that truck. Next thing you know, out of the back seat, watch what you're doing, Dorothy, watch what you're doing, pay attention to your driving. And I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how it started. And I, I should have known that um it would be rocky uh and he's a great kid but again like any any parents that have been split he he was confused I mean he was only five years old uh and I was still carrying a lot of insecurities from my past relationship and I thought like I had took a healing journey and I thought a lot of it was healed but when you're in the thick of everything and you're in that relationship old triggers would come up right and and it was like 
but I think our first year, first two years of our relationship, I was just like, I was quasi depressed. I had moved an hour away from my family. We had, uh, like I said, within two months, I had moved in with him, changed my entire life and moved an hour away. So on top of that, on top of, you know, having this kid that is freely able to do and say whatever he wants on top of his dad feeling guilt because, you know, he wasn't there 24 seven with his son, uh, living in a very small apartment, the three of us, um, it it was quite something. It was like a recipe for disaster, (laughs) to be quite honest. (laughs) What was the first introduction like, you know, was it like, where it was planned out by your then boyfriend and, you know, and, and what, what would you have done differently for that first introduction to him? The first, okay. So the first introduction, I went with Joe to my in-laws house, my, to Joe's mom's house to pick up Brady. And, um, I walked in. So the first time meeting the stepson, I also met the mother for the very first time. So that was like, I was just like, Ooh, okay. And I think I'm pretty sure it was planned that what we were going to do now thinking back to it, that was a while ago, but we had planned to, to take him to Colasantes and to go play mini golf and to, to do all that. And Joe had actually talked to Brady ahead of time and said, listen, um, you know, I, there's somebody I want you to meet. She's really important to me. And, and so setting him up, but you know being five he doesn't understand right and you know as long as you bought him candy or bought him something he the kid was happy back then uh so on until he wasn't um and i think looking back you know brady had to have been scared he had to have been thinking like oh my gosh you know my parents just separated and now now dad has this new woman um i definitely looking back what could have been easier was you know waiting longer than two months to move in together (laughs) um but you know that's not that was not how our story was um and um i like i said i really easing easing more into that i guess um but you know Mm -hmm. it was in a public place so Mm -hmm. what about your first introduction with the ex-wife or whatever she was called at the time. <laughs> yeah, ex-wife. Uh, you know what? That's that's a great question. I'm trying to remember my first time meeting her. Um, I Joe had told her that he was seeing somebody. So she wasn't surprised. And I think I was with him when we went to go pick up Brady uh, because he had a son every other weekend and every every Tuesday night. So um, I believe we were, I, I think I must have been, and she, and I just said hi to her. Like I, and she said hi, um, but you know, it's, she, she was nice and everything, everything was great. But then looking back, I mean, she was probably thinking like, oh my God, this is actually real now. Now my son is going to be with somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember, I honestly don't remember the first time I had the conversation with her when I said, listen, I don't want to, like, I'm not here to be his mom. I'm just here to be like a, like, a role, a positive role model. Cause I had asked Joe that I'm like, what is it? Do you want my relationship to be with your son? I, I made sure I asked that question first because I love kids. I easily get attached to kids. I can't have any kids of my own, but you know, I always was like the baby whisperer um, <laughs> type thing. So I was the aunt oldest, oldest granddaughter, uh, you know, the aunt that everybody went to. And uh, so I love kids. So I, I try to make it as simple and easy as possible um, and try to put myself into his shoes. Also, while having huge insecurities of myself and thinking, oh my gosh, like what's going on, right? And this kid hates me. This I still say to this day, sometimes this kid hates me. <laughs> but it's just like any kid, any kid gives their parent a hard time. And I just have to say to myself, it's, it's not me. It's, this is what every kid goes through. Mm-hmm. with their parents right because we all go through stages where we don't like parents <laughs> wow that's that sounds really really rough and it sounds like um the conversation with the mom the first time you met her just didn't happen it was just a quick hello and that was it do you think that had you sat down all of you together at that moment that maybe things would have changed because 
you know, kids will react however the parents react. So I'm I'm not saying she did this or that or that he did this or that, but whatever emotions existed at the time definitely impact the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm sure that it probably would have been better if the three of us had sat down. Um, and like, she wasn't dating anybody at that time either. So she was, you know, like a single mom by herself. And, and I can see how scared that scary that would have been. That was one of the reasons that I never wanted to be a single parent. You know, Mm -hmm. that's because I know how hard it is. I've seen, I've seen friends of mine grow up. I've seen my cousin grow up being a single mom. So that's not something that I ever wanted. Um, so I'm sure it was definitely difficult for her and, um, you know, once, once we got past the, you know, the first two years though, everything's been like amazing. We, um, you know, I actually sat down with her and actually her and I, her and I could parent co-parent the same way. It's my husband that is the, like the pushover and, <laughs> and things like that. And then her husband, cause she did, she ended up getting remarried. Um, I think it, in September. Yeah. She, they got married in September. We got married in October our date was planned first. She had to move her date. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> of the same uh, year? Same year. Oh yes. my God. Wow. She was supposed to, okay. So our date was always October 26, 2019. She was supposed to get married January of the following year, but something happened. I don't know what happened. So she ended up moving her wedding to, I think it was September 7th. Um, of this uh, just before ours. So. <laughs> wow. So what changed? What was it that made things get a lot better? Well, okay. I'll, I'll say it, even though my husband might get upset, but so there was a huge falling out uh, between her and him. And I didn't say nothing. All I did, I, I listened to them and I stared straight ahead. And I was just like, I am not. I was just praying in, inside and then all of a sudden, and you have to realize my husband never apologizes ever. Very rarely does he apologize. He knows he's wrong, but he does not want to admit it. Right. And it takes something for anybody to be able to do that. So they had gotten into a big argument and I wouldn't talk to him. I just, not that I was giving him the silent treatment. I just didn't know what to say. And next thing you know, he pulls over at the side of the road and waves for her. She was behind him, waves for her to, to um, pull into the parking lot. He got out. He apologized to her for arguing with her, um, gave her a hug in front of their son and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, apologized to, for, to Brady for, for, you know, yelling at his mom. And since that day, everything has turned. And keep in mind, I have been praying constantly for a smoother transition for like everybody to get along. And well, you heard my commitment from the beginning. It was, I never want to, um, you know, have that rocky relationship and it's whatever for the best interest of the child. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, we always put the best interest, no matter what, no matter how angry those two were at each other, we always made sure it was in the best interest of Brady, what actually did end up happening. Um, so since that moment, like, and then she called and she goes, you know, he, he really wants you to come over and help, um, ride his bike. So all of us went over and we, Joe taught him how to ride his bike. And then it slowly, slowly more and more, um, kept happening. And then actually last year was the first year, his birthday, September 14th. Last year was the first, she called us up and she goes, why don't we, I'll have dinner together at some, there's, there's a new Mexican restaurant he wanted to have dinner at, um, Brady did. So all of us, all four parents went over and we, um, we had, uh, his birthday dinner with him and, and just shared it with him. And so, and it's been kind of cool. Like, like I said, her and I are, are on the same wavelength and nine times out of 10, she'll text or call me if something comes up. <laughs> My husband doesn't get doesn't answer phones very well. doesn't answer text messages. So, you know, that's why she calls me, but any, but I always make sure that I always confer with him before I agree to anything. Right. Yeah, Cause that's yeah. just, 
that's just the way that it is. I wouldn't agree to anything without his knowledge. Well, I think that uh, it's also pretty cool um, that the two of you have that good relationship and that she trusts you enough to, for you to be the first one to call. Cause you know, it could have easily been like maybe your husband's mom or your dad, but it's you. Um, And the fact that he's now seeing all four of you enjoy moments like that together has got to be a big impact um, on, on how he sees things also. So can you give us maybe three things that you thought you were doing right with your relationship with Brady? Um, and then like maybe how you recognize that that could have been improved or that you were going around about it, it the incorrect way. Cause you know, we, that's what parenting is all about. We just figure it out as we go. The kids are the guinea pigs, <laughs> just like we were to our parents. <laughs> exactly. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because seriously, the the absolute, the one thing is, well, I, I shared how I was brought up, right? And so that is how I thought Brady should be raised, right? Which was a huge no-no, complete no-no, right? And it, it took the pandemic um, I was at home. I was the only parent that could work from home. So I, she stayed with him the first month. And then I, after that, we were allowed to work from home. And so he was here all the time and I was going crazy. The kid has an attention span of a goldfish. I'm trying to work. My boss is like calling me. He's coming in every two minutes. Dorothy, my teacher, this Dorothy, my teacher, that I'm like, I went, I was like, get in there right now. It's sit in front of the computer and listen to your teacher. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want any of this anymore. And I call up my parents and so my dad was still alive then. I'm like, I am so sorry if I did anything wrong as a child to deserve this. And my dad goes, you get ready, get ready. My dad says, you cannot parent today's children like I parented you. Mm-hmm. And I fell to the floor and I'm like, then how the hell do you do this? Because I have no idea because you only taught me iron, iron thumb, you know, and that's it. And so I learning that has been huge. Right. And as um, I, I, I'll just say it, I've had to be a control freak because of how I grew up and how everything like in order, in order to make sure that. I survived, you know, and, and things were done, that control was there. And then I, I married a man that doesn't like to make decisions and that I, I have to make all the phone calls for everything. And, and so, you know, controlling everything to the little degree does not work with a child at all, right? It doesn't work at all. And learning that positive reinforcement with him was huge. Like, even if, um, the smallest thing, uh, I, I noticed that with him, as long as you praised him, things like went well. The moment you said no, of course, you know, no kid wants to hear no. But if you put a positive spin on it as to why you say no, then that was golden instead of just because I told you to, which is what I heard. Just saying no, because I said no. <laughs> right. With him, you I learned that you definitely have to, you know, share why. and and say, you know, this is in your best interest. And this is why. And I even do that now. And he goes, Dorothy, you're right. You know, that's, you're right. I'm like, of course I'm right. But I don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You just said so, so many wonderful things that I just have to touch um, on it. Your dad's response. You cannot parent today's children the way that you were parented. That is absolutely so correct. I think I heard that just like, Three years ago, my kids are teenagers. They're like, oh, I wish I would have heard that before they came out the womb because I did make that mistake too, um, where I thought I was going to parent the way that I was raised. And then you realize, wait a minute. And, or, you know, we all have some aspect of the parenting received that you say, oh, when I grow up, I'm not going to do that with my kids. So I had a few of those, but then then you say something to your child and then you like hear yourself. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just <laughs> sound like my mom or my dad, you know? Um, but I want I want to just touch on that because I think a lot of us, whether they're our own biological kids or not, 
we make that mistake without even thinking about it, without realizing it. The other thing that you said was that you control doesn't work with kids. Um, and I think that's really important when it's a parent that's not the biological parent trying to do that to a child. They might see that as defensive, right? So, yeah. And then the third one that you said is the positive reinforcement, which is gold. I think that works with a lot of kids and not, that might be Brady's love language. They're number one out of the what six, seven, whatever they have now. <laughs> um, but that's, this is information that you're giving. That's not just for parents who are parenting, you know, in the blended family, but overall parenting. And I want to highlight that because we are so hard on ourselves as parents. I have to remind myself every day, you know, that not one person in the existence of humanity has gotten parenting perfect. And we just do, yeah, we just do the best that we can. So um, do you have any other tips that you would give a parent, you know, to, to improve that relationship with the child? Well, it's funny because I've said from day one, every child I think deserves needs and deserves therapy. We all try and do better than our parents. I mean, if I look at my parents, my dad was the oldest of five. My grandfather worked two jobs to put food on the table. My dad was made the example. My dad did something wrong. My dad was punished. Only my dad's punishment was being thrown through a door and then made to be paid for it later. Mm-hmm. My dad never did that to us because he, he, you know, he didn't want that, those repercussions to come to us. And now I look at myself and I've never, ever even close to hit a child. Although there's sometimes I wanted to, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I have a tendency to just, walk away. Like if I get like that, I, I have to walk away. Um, or I'll like Joe defer to your child. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I'll, that that's one of the things that I, like I said, I love my husband. He's absolutely amazing, but you know, he, everything kind of like fell on to, well, you do it, you know, you do it, you do it. And I'm, I had to push back uh, the last couple of years. I've really had to push back and then say, and say, no, you know, you have to take control of this. And, and, you know, can you please talk to him about this? And can you please talk to him about that? I I've really, um, my, my brother was very pivotal in saying, Dorothy, fight your battles. Not everybody, not every battle has to be fought to win. Just pick your battles and you know, what's important at the end of the day. And, and that was true. Um, and as somebody like, well, you heard my background as somebody that had all those emotional, that emotional baggage, um, you know, I always thought that he hated me. I really did. I always thought Brady hated me. And I thought, oh my God, he's acting this way because I'm just a stepmom and I'm not a real mom. And, and, um, you know, as, as somebody who's been told from a very young age that you could never have children, um, it was devastating for me to have this child that I think hates me. Right. And, and so I have even said to, to the mom, I'm like, you know, he hates me. I don't know what I've done, but he hates me. And so she goes, Oh, he doesn't hate you, Dorothy. It's just, you know, he's just confused or, you know, he's like that with me. She goes, I, he he's like this with me all the time. So it's our responsibility to, you know, be there for them, give them the problems of reinforcement and not let them get away with murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because kids can manipulate situations, not realizing that that's what they're doing, right. um, but they can definitely really observe and then use our weaknesses to to their advantage now do you have any tips on anything that can anything that your partner can do or not do to improve or you know to impact that relationship because like you were saying you had to tell your husband to take the reins on certain things um, I'm sure that that created some sort of dynamic for some people. It's great for others. It's not. How, how has that been for you as the authority figure or the parent figure? Because I mean, I know that it also impacts you in your relationship with your husband. So any, any tips that you can give us there? 
lots of prayer, a close friend, close friends that you could go to. Like I'm dead serious. Mm-hmm. You have to have your tribe of people and women that you can talk to without my, my tribe. I don't know how I would have gotten through all this to be quite honest, but people that are going to listen to you, but not um, like, not let you stew in it. This, they will give you some positive reinforcement to say, okay, we'll try this. Right. Um, and, and that, that is huge. And I will have to say, like, if you just communicate with your partner, what it is that you need and that you're on, not once the, right from the very beginning, if Joe saw that Brady was being disrespectful or anything like that, he was right on him. And so that I'm very thankful for, because if that would not have happened, I probably wouldn't have had to say, we would not have gotten married. I know that for sure. Uh, I would have left. <laughs> um, only because like, there's, there's no way, like I was, I'm respectful and, and things like that to him and his son and, and, you know, taking care of, of everything. And, and just, um, having that communication with your partner saying, listen, this, this, this is what I expect. This is what I need. Um, you know, there's certain, there's certain things that, you know, you can give and take on, but the, the basics for me was like, you know, he's got to treat me with respect and we, you got to be behind me if, you know, if this is, if this is what's truly happening, like within reason, if it's something that he totally doesn't agree with, then don't argue with me in front of the, in front of the child. Let's go to a separate room. Let's talk about it. And then, you know, make a front of to whatever we decide, but definitely um, without him having my back, uh, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I really love that. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I've seen that that takes authority away and it makes you look bad if he were to challenge you right there in front of the child. And I mean, um, it, it can it can really damage a really a relationship. Um, what about, you know, because you said he's 11 now, right? And you've heard about the terrible teenage years and things like that. <laughs> Does that scare you? Girlfriend, the LP Silvio is my friend. No. <laughs> Send subscriptions of wine. Um, <laughs> he'll be 12 in September and his sass. But then I have to look at my husband. My husband is a smart ass and smart alecky and very much exactly like his son or his son's exactly like him. Um, and I have a tendency to take things out a lot serious like a lot so working on myself just like wait a minute like taking a step back and but to me it's still different if it comes from a child than it is your husband right and I've had the conversation with my husband I'm like you guys have got to ease up like you can't he likes to tease in the name of love well that only goes so far and then Brady picks up on it and then Brady goes too far right so having that conversation where I get the your love language is teasing, but it's not mine to receive like that, that, especially somebody who's been bullied. Right. And, and now basically your teasing is a form of bullying. So, you know, can you please stop? Um, and that's, that's one that we're still a work in progress on, to be quite honest, because yeah. there's, there's sometimes like I, I've toned it down a notch to be too serious, but he also needs to tone down his teasing because it's, it's, I don't like it still. <laughs> right. You you hit on something so like I have to talk about this because it's one of the things that I teach people about bullying versus teasing. You described exactly what I tell people um when you know on how to teach the difference to children. That the moment you tell somebody to stop and they don't stop, then that now becomes bullying because it's repetitive, it doesn't make you feel good. Um, and, uh, it, it just brings out all these negative emotions and, and you're right, you know, like with them, it can be their love language, the way that they communicate and play around and whatever, and that's cool and dandy. But with you, um, I'm glad that you have mentioned that, Hey, that's a boundary right there. And you do have to respect them. They haven't learned how to do it yet, but, you know, reinforcement and being consistent is what, um, is it should be help helping what what hopefully will um, make it work but um, I think that in that situation I you you might have to enlist your husband more more than that uh, to make that happen but it, it's tricky it's really really tricky 
And um, I don't know. I don't know how the teenage years are going to go for you because I have two girls. And one thing that I've, I've realized over the years is that children will adopt so many of our behaviors and sayings and, you know, body language. And the moments when I saw something annoying in one of my kids was because it was like a reflection of myself <laughs> when I had an attitude. Bird, you know, yes. I've seen that. <laughs> my attitude. I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. She's me. <laughs> and then the teenage years really highlights that. <laughs> so I'm just giving you some, uh, I don't know, take it as advice or just like awareness and <laughs> just get ready. <laughs> well, it's funny that you said that because I, even though I'm not his biological mother, there are some of my traits that he does have. And I'm just like, I was like, Oh my God. So when I, when I identify with it and I'm like, when I get, um, the last six months, like I said, I've been working a lot more on myself than anything else and anybody else I'm sure. Um, and so when I identify that I'm getting like a little bit angry or frustrated with him, I'm like, what is it? Like, Seriously, like I had a breakthrough two weeks ago because I'm like, why am I so agitated at this child? And like, what is it that he's bringing out in me? Obviously, like we're, we got to clear this. So I'm looking and doing meditation and deep work on myself to say, like, what is it? And it had stemmed back for my brother. My, my brother was the youngest and um, yeah, there's a whole thing there with him and my mom and uh, my parent, my neighbor's parents even said, oh, you love him more than you love Dorothy. And my mom never, my mom always denied it. And that relationship that I had with my brother is similar to the one that I have with my stepson and all of that. So now that I see it, I can, you know, work within that and, you know, this week has gotten a lot better since I've identified that. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I love Brady. I love my husband. I love, um, and I, like I said, I have a great relationship with, with the biological mom and the stepdad. It's just, you know, if we work on ourselves even more then these little quirks just go away. Right. Um, because it's, it's normally like what you said, if, if we're, upset with our children what's it a reflection of what we're going through right and so I'm glad that you said that because I I've seen that it's it's, it's not them it's like we're, we're dealing with stuff too and I always right from day one have made a point that if I did something wrong um because I'm not perfect I'll admit that like parenting is is I I can deal with a sick parent I can deal with death better than I can with a, with a child with with my stepson I swear I I hands down Ken and um you know I've been in the wrong quite a few times and I I've taken Brady aside and I said you know what but you know I'm really sorry I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have said that please accept my apology and he's just always right away oh Dorothy Dorothy it's okay like he doesn't want to hear it and thinking that you know parents are perfect and whatever I'm like no I expect you to apologize if you've done something wrong or said something wrong. So I want to do the same thing. And he's like, so we, we talk about it and then it's good. Right. And, you know, and then I'll come back and I'll tell my husband, I'll say, Joe, listen, I had this conversation with Brady. What I did or said the other night was not right. I'm human. You know, I asked him to forgive me and this is what happened. And so my husband's just sitting there like, shaking his head sometimes thinking who is she I'm sure because I am a magical unicorn um you know and that's not how I grew up because mm -hmm. if you were told to just do something just do it um so anyways but yeah I I see my mistakes I see my faults and I admit them and especially to him because I think that's important because if you want him to do that you should do that right mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I recognize the importance of apologizing to children um, because exactly what you said, you're pretty much role modeling everything to a child. Now, let me shift a little bit and ask you, what have been certain things that you and his mom have done that that you're so glad you did together aside from just like keeping communication open you know she texts you or calls you all the time but any specific things that you feel had you not done not done that the relationship would be so much different I think 
like having an early conversation that I wasn't there to take her place. And that was definitely pivotal, um, you know, and seeing that, you know, she was a scared single mom at the time when all that happened and identifying with her right on that. And just, um, I'm just think looking through our, the last six and a half years and, and just, um, you know, being in open communication with her um, about it, a lot of different things. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that like, and honestly, if, because kids go back and forth, like you said before, you know, oh, mom said this or mom, this happened at mom's house. I, I, I would immediately cut him off and say, listen, what happens at mom's house stays at mom's house. I said, were you beaten? No. Well, did she smack it? Like, did she not cook you dinner? No. Then I, we really don't need to hear it. You know, because what happens there stays at stays there. And so him knowing too right off the bat that he couldn't play the two of us. Um, and I have no problem like picking up the phone and texting or calling her if I think that Brady has lied to me about something, because I've caught him in a couple of lies. And uh she goes, No, Dorf, that's not exactly how it happened at all. So she she'll tell me her her side. So I ask him to come out and he doesn't know at that time that I had called his mom and so I have him stand in front of me again going over the situation and he goes so he tells tries to spin it again I'm like really because here's the text from your mom and that's not what happened Brady I said don't forget (laughs) your mom and I are on the same page your mom and I are like co-parenting together along the same level I said so you know stop it right now and so he goes okay you got me I'm sorry and I'm just like why did you do that to begin with? <laughs> you know? Uh, so having that open communication with her right from, right, almost from the beginning, um, you know, is, is, was, I think critical and key. And even like, he was prone to being sick a lot, especially when he was younger and just telling her, you know, Hey, if you want somebody to go to the doctors with you or to the hospital, like, just call me and, and, you know, I'll, I'll gladly go with you. Um, you know, just showed that, I was there in support of her as well. Um, but yeah, just, yeah. just reiterating, because I'm sure as a, as the biological mother, you number one, you know, don't want somebody else stepping in and, and taking care of your children. Right. Or, you know, always having, she's even said to me, she, she goes, you know, I've, I've never feared. She goes, I know right from the beginning that you've always loved him. If nothing else, I know that you love my son and that you're only trying to do the best for him. So, you know, and that made me feel good, thinking, you know, and, and, you know, coming, helping my brother and seeing the hell he went through in his marriage and in his divorce. um, I was always afraid that, you know, she would think badly because of, you know, past things that had happened, but that's not the case. Right. And just communicating that to her. And she goes, I, she goes, Dorothy, I never have to fear with you. I know that you're only, it, it's in the best interest of, of Brady and that's it. Mm-hmm. So oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I, I can imagine the the feeling just hearing that. Um, and so I, we've talked a lot about, you know, how this relationship has evolved and how it's, how it's still evolving. Um, and, but you have some really special skills that you use, not just in your parenting and your life, but with business. So let's shift a little bit and tell our public, um, what it is that you do in your business, um, and how you help people. Well, I decided, well, there's lots of things I do. <laughs> I, I am an author. I did write the, about my life story, uh, the overcomer facing challenges with faith and courage. And I just am a shining example of giving hope and encouragement to others, right? That's just, that's what I want. I know what it's like to be in dark times. Um, like I said, you, you heard how I grew up and, and things like that and what's happened in our lifetime. And so I give uh, a platform for people that want to share their story about overcoming and how they've gone on to help other people. Uh, and giving back is huge for me. Um, and so I've also become a veteran ally. Uh, I love my military. I love my veterans. And uh, my I want to see my heart bleed uh blue white and red but it also bleeds red and white too i am a canadian uh and i do all i can for both the canadian and the u.s um veterans and air force and navy 
military let's just call it military um so yeah huge advocate there i also am huge in the mental health space because well with losing some a family member to suicide i know what it's like um so yeah and so i just give people a platform i have two podcasts that i um that i uh, produce and host and that's unstoppable overcomers on monday night and the power half hour unstoppable business owner on wednesday nights which can be found on my youtube channel unstoppable overcomers uh so yeah that's what i do wonderful and you have a book you said you're an author so where can people find the book they can find the book on either amazon or on my website um and i also wrote at the second book the the overcomer playbook in my in my family football was massive it's and in my with my husband he's a huge football fan so you know i had to write a playbook on how people can overcome and so i take the seven steps that i've used over the last 15 years to you know become healthy become uh, emotionally fit um and things like that so I, I wrote put that all in my second book and that book can also be found on amazon too wonderful thank you dorothy thank you so much for sharing your story for sharing all of these tips i'm pretty sure that a lot of people can resonate with a lot of the things that you shared um and can people reach out to you on social media yes they can definitely get a hold of me at dorothy graham odell on facebook or dorothy and graham odell on linkedin um I'm not, I'm on Instagram, but I really don't do a whole lot over there. So LinkedIn or Facebook's the place to be. Well, there you or go. Go to my website, unstoppableovercomers.com and I'm there too. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and about your resources. Um, listeners, if you, I'm telling you, when I bring guests onto the show, um, before they even come onto the show, I ask them, can people reach out to you? And they always say yes. So please believe me when I tell you, or when Dorothy tells you, you can reach out, you definitely can. A lot of people don't take, uh, that seriously. They don't take advantage of it. Um, and the few that have are always amazed. They're like, oh my gosh, Dali, I reached out to your speaker, so-and-so, and they actually responded and now we're doing this together, you know, like whether it's coaching or even meeting up in person. So uh, you just the thing that I see most people do is that they don't reach out to the people who always invite them to take a resource. And you have Dorothy here. So please <laughs> reach out to her. If anything, yeah, if anything, buy her book, listen to her podcast. Uh, she doesn't have to be meeting up with you via Zoom online, you know, to become a mentor. She can mentor you through her podcast. So there you go. So Dorothy, any last words before we go? Basically, what I got to say is don't give up hope, no matter what situation you're in. It's, there's always a silver lining, always. Uh, and if you are feeling that some situations are hopeless, reach out to me for sure. Uh, and if you're a step parent, I get you, I see you, I feel your pain and your, and your excitement. Uh, it's, it's great. And it's, uh, amazing watching some other human, uh, grow up in your care. Uh, so just take one day at a time and sometimes one breath at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Dorothy. Absolutely. Well, parents, I really want to know, what did you think about that conversation? I, sometimes I, I wonder, am I asking the right questions? What do my listeners really want to um, hear? And I have a list of questions that I write down sometimes to not forget. And then sometimes I do forget them anyway, because I get so wrapped up in the conversation. Uh, but, you know, this was a very important topic to me because no, I am not a step parent, but there are very important people in my life that I have watched struggle with this but also have so much joy in it and I admire them so much and I just realized wait a minute I'm I need to have this conversation uh because I'm sure a lot of you are going through something and uh maybe Dorothy's story is helping um in some way and uh I hope I really hope that it it really resonates with some of you and and actually whether you're in that situation or not because I feel like there's just so much criticism of parenting overall, whether you're a step parent, whether you're a biological parent, whether you're a guardian, whether you're, you know, a, a family member that parents, you know, 
despite the fact that they, the kids might have their biological parents with them. There's so much of that. So instead of criticizing, let's just learn from one another. Like I've always said in my blog posts, and I think I might've said it here on the podcast, if we collectively like, you know, just get together and share experiences about parenting, then we're pretty much kind of creating our own parenting manual. We're learning from different scenarios because you can parent, um, six different kids, you know, in your household, all of them come from the same parents. They'll be parented exactly the same, but you get a different result with, with every single one of them. It is crazy because that's just how it happens. And nobody gets it right. Not one person has it perfect. We all pretty much are learning. They're learning to be kids and they're, and we're learning to be parents. Um, so anyway, I'll leave it at that. And uh, remember, stay tuned for the next episode. I will be having some experts come in and talk in the area of divorce. Uh, so I planned on bringing in a attorney, a paralegal, um, a divorce coach, which I didn't even know was a thing, and all these other experts uh, to just give you information about this so that you can be a friend and, and like share this information with somebody who might be going through divorce. Or if you are being, um, you know, if you are going through the divorce uh, at any time, let me say that again. Or if you are going through a divorce, then you can have some options on, you know, like who to reach out to for different things. Because I mean, one of the people that I really want to bring in is a divorce financial planner and a divorce financial analyst, which I had no idea was a thing or what they did. Uh, So stay tuned. Okay. All right. Until next time, be safe. And remember, spend time with the people who really deserve being around you. Bye. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind-the-scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Dolly Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next time.